Good morning. Welcome to Eastern Mennonite Seminary Chapel Worship. It is good to be gathered together in this sanctuary, this place of refuge, safety, and rest. Whether we are here physically in Martin Chapel or joining virtually, we have chosen to step away from our mm, overcrowded schedules to gather together today to worship. And it is good. Tov me'od. No matter how you are entering this time of worship, it is good you are here. To those who creep towards the kingdom, God says, welcome. To those who rush towards the kingdom, God says, welcome. To all of you, however you come, in speed, in sloth, God says, welcome. To the door and to the arms, that are always open wide. Welcome. Let us join our voices together in song. A reading from Matthew 14, verses 22 to 33. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side 
while he dismissed the crowds. After he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, for it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
Before I begin with today's chapel message, I would like to pause and draw your attention to the worship table. Every week, Deb Pardini creates visual beauty from the scant materials she finds in the seminary worship arts closet. And I wonder how many of us notice the beauty of this table as we gather in this space. I wonder how many of us miss it because we are too distracted to notice. I don't know about you all, but I tend to miss a lot of things in life. At least I used to. I've often identified with the disciple Peter, incredibly passionate, highly excitable, prone to rushing into life head on, and super impulsive. My default operating system, MBOS 1.0, flits from one obviously important task to the next, which can seem really great at times. People with this type of operating system can get a lot of really good things accomplished. But we can also find ourselves in really unhealthy, even treacherous situations, such as leaping out of a boat during a storm to walk on the water. Who would do that? I know, I know, many sermons on this text encourage us to step out of our boats and look to Jesus. But really, who would do that? (laughs) Such an impulsive and chaotic approach to life. The last nearly three years have been unbelievably difficult for sure. But a silver lining of the COVID pandemic for me is that I'm finally taking time to update my operating system. Instead of flitting from task to task and reacting to life, I am finally learning to slow down and be more mindful. I am learning to think before I act or look before I leap. Viktor Frankl, an Austrian neurologist, psychologist, and Holocaust survivor, said, quote, between stimulus and response, there is space. And in that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. End quote. My OS 1.0 had no awareness of this space. And I suspect that Peter in this text didn't either. But with the very patient and gentle guidance of Jesus, I am learning to grow in this area and be set free, to be saved from the chaos 
just as Peter was saved by Jesus from the chaos of the waves that he had leapt into. One way I am becoming more mindful is through the practice of imaginative scripture contemplation. I discovered this practice in the spring of 2020 when I needed to prepare a devotional for a seminary assignment. While I was looking for something creative to do, I stumbled upon or perhaps was divinely nudged toward Ignatian contemplation, which is a method of praying with scripture that encourages you to imagine yourself as part of the biblical text and experience it with all of your senses. I enjoyed using this practice for that class devotional so much that I later decided to spend a whole year learning about it and practicing it for my Master of Divinity capstone project. This prayerful, playful practice has been incredibly life-giving for me and has become a part of my personal prayer life as well as a weekly rhythm that I share with others via Zoom each Thursday morning. Some of you are here with me today that are in that group. I find that the slow reading of scripture, the broadening of my imagination, and the freedom to ask all kinds of questions has deepened my faith and my love for Jesus. And I very much appreciate the opportunity to slow down and imagine with you all this morning. And I hope that you will find this practice life-giving as well. So in just a moment, I will slowly guide you through the passage that Lydia just read for us. I will invite you to enter the scene of the text guiding you to use your various senses as we imaginatively interact with Jesus and his companions. I will ask you many questions to quietly ponder. And as we move through the contemplation, please feel free to close your eyes or keep them open, whichever feels more comfortable to you. Before we begin, I invite you to rest for a moment in God's presence. And as you ground yourself in this moment, may you breathe in the Spirit of God and breathe out anything that distracts you from being in the presence of God. I pray for the following graces to know Jesus more intimately, to love him more intensely, and to follow him more closely. I invite you to enter the story. The setting is a deserted place next to the sea. Notice the huge crowd of people that Jesus just abundantly fed with only five loaves of bread and two fish. As you look at the thousands of people, recall what it felt like to help distribute food to them 
and gather baskets of leftovers from just those few provisions. Then Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. As you climb into the boat, what are you feeling? Perhaps you are annoyed with Jesus because he sent you away. Maybe you want to stay longer with the crowd to celebrate the miracle you just participated in. Perhaps you are ready for a break from the crowds and welcome the opportunity to drift away on a calm sea. Look at the sea. What does the water look like? Look at the sky. What do you notice? And after he had dismissed the crowds, Jesus went up the mountain by himself to pray. How do you feel about Jesus leaving you and taking time alone? Do you understand his need to renew his strength after healing and nourishing thousands of people? When evening came, Jesus was there alone. Do you feel compassion for Jesus, knowing that he needs time alone, perhaps to grieve the recent loss of John the baptizer? What emotions does John's senseless execution stir within you? Perhaps as you navigate the sea, you too are feeling waves of grief and anxiety. By this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. You have been on this boat for hours now. At some point, storm clouds blew in, and the waters became chaotic. 
Were you prepared for the storm? Or did it catch you off guard? Now, as you feel the wind blow across your skin and through your hair, are you feeling out of control? What, if anything, are your companions saying to you? Are you working together as a team or arguing with each other? Can you even hear each other over the sounds of the sea and the storm? What are your feelings towards Jesus in this moment? He sent you out on these waters without him. How are you feeling as the storm rages and the hours drag on and on? The rain and the sea water has pummeled every inch of your body and you are soaked to your core. Feel the exhaustion and the ache in your muscles, your muscles that have worked hard to keep the boat from capsizing hour after hour. And early in the morning, Jesus came walking toward them on the sea. As the darkness begins to fade, Notice that Jesus is walking calmly on the chaotic waters. He is not thundering across the water like Poseidon in his horse-drawn chariot. He is not flying over the waters on a magical arrow like Pythagoras. He is slowly moving his body through the chaos no doubt feeling the sting of the wind and the force of the waves as he calmly presses on towards the ones he deeply loves. Perhaps he is buoyed by the many hours he just spent alone on the mountain in prayer. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. Feel your body being pressed by the wind as you peer across the waves and see a being steadily moving toward you. Sit for a moment in your anxiety, fear of the chaotic sea storm, compounded by the fear of a sea spirit behaving very strangely. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. 
When you hear the voice, do you realize that it is Jesus speaking? How does the sound of this voice affect you? Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. When you hear Peter speak, what are you thinking? Perhaps you fear that Peter's impulsivity might cost him his life. Or maybe you admire his courage to even consider stepping out into the chaotic waters with Jesus. Jesus said, come. Why do you suppose Jesus does what Peter says and commands him to get out of the boat? It was not Jesus' idea for Peter to join him on the water. What do you imagine goes through Peter's mind when he hears Jesus' command, if anything? Perhaps Peter doesn't stop to think. Perhaps he simply reacted. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. What are you thinking as you watch Peter get out of the boat and not immediately sink? How would you describe Peter's movements? Does he take calm and steady steps like Jesus? Or are his steps more urgent and frenetic? When Peter noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Imagine how Peter might be feeling in this moment. As he notices the strong wind and high waves, perhaps this is the first time that he is mindful of the consequences of his quick decision. How far into the water does he sink before he cries out for salvation? Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught Peter, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? As you watch Jesus immediately catch Peter from falling deep into the chaotic sea, what are you feeling? Watching the two of them walk to the boat together, what emotions are you experiencing? When they got into the boat, 
the wind ceased. Finally, after many, many, many hours, the storm has ended. Jesus has brought peace to your boat. How are you feeling? Take a few deep breaths and enjoy the calm. And those in the boat worshiped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. How does it feel to be in the presence of the Son of God? As you sit here in the silence with Jesus, the Son of God, who just saved you from the chaos of the storm, I invite you to come back to your present self and have a silent conversation with him about what you experienced while pondering this story. What might Jesus want to say to you about your life or the life of your community as it relates to this text. I will give you just a few moments to ponder and then I will close the quiet with a poem. This poem is written by Jan Richardson and is titled, Blessing in the Chaos. To all that is chaotic in you, let there come silence. Let there be a calming of the clamoring, a stilling of the voices that have laid their claim on you that have made their home in you, that go with you even to the holy places, but will not let you rest, will not let you hear your life with wholeness or feel the grace that fashioned you. 
Let what distracts you cease. Let what divides you cease. Let there come an end to what diminishes and demeans, and let depart all that keeps you in its cage. Let there be an opening into the quiet that lies beneath the chaos, where you find the peace you did not think possible and see what shimmers within the storm. Amen. Thank you for going on that journey with me. One of my favorite things about leading imaginative scripture contemplation is hearing people reflect on their experience. So I would like to take just a few minutes now to invite you to share your reflections. How was this experience for you? Did you discover anything new about God, yourself, your community, or this text that you would like to share with us? Um, please wait for a microphone to be brought to you. And if you're joining us virtually, um, text something, write something into the chat um, so that you can communicate with each other online. We won't be able to see it here, um, but you all will be able to see it online. Does anyone have anything they want to share? As I was listening to the text and then also the poem at the end, it struck me that uh, faith believes in what we think seems impossible. Mm -hmm. And we are not alone in the stormy, troubled seas of life. Jesus comes to us. When we cry out from our fear and doubt, Lord, save me, Jesus calms the storm and Jesus gives us his peace. And Jesus is present with us always. Yeah. Thank you. Any other comments? Okay, we will um, join together in this litany of response. I will read the black and ask you all to join me on the white. When the wind is strong and the waves are high, remember the words of Jesus. Take heart, it is I. 
do not be afraid. When our dreams come to nothing and we wonder what lies ahead, remember the words of Jesus. Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. When those we love disappoint us or hurt us deeply, remember the words of Jesus. Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. When we begin to question God's call or doubt God's love, remember the words of Jesus. Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. When we've lost all hope and don't know where to turn, remember the words of Jesus. Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. When our faith is stretched to the breaking point, remember the words of Jesus. Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you pass through rivers of difficulty, you will not be overwhelmed. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. We will now have a sending song. This is a canon, um, and we're going to sing it together once, and then I think even though we're few, we can try courageously to do it in two parts. And if you really like canons and want to do third or fourth part, that's okay too. So we'll sing it through together once, and then we'll go through it three times in canon, and you all do what feels good to you.
was beautiful, thank you. Hmm. Warm feeling, thanks. Um, before we go in peace, I want to draw our attention to, your attention to the back of the um, bulletin um, for the community, the list of community events. And note that on February 7th, which is just um, two weeks from today, um, the chapel service, I'm hoping that we will do a service of joy and gratitude. And you will note that it says seminary community. So what I am hoping for that service is that anyone who's interested will share something in your life that brings you joy. Um, whether that is penguins or stars on a clear night or um, geocaching adventures for me or a good cup of home roasted coffee with a good friend um, whatever that is um, and we could um, prepare something to share with one another. Um, I will send, be sending out an email. I'd like to know your ideas so that I can prepare a service around that of gratitude to God for the many small things in our lives that add up together um, to give us great joy. Um, we'll see how that, how that um, comes together over the next two weeks um, for our chapel service together on the 7th of February. And with that, receive this benediction from Numbers um, 6, verses 24 to 26. May God bless you and keep you. May the very face of God shine on you and be gracious to you. May God's presence embrace you and give you peace. Amen.